you would allow me a few moments, I want to think on the thought, wash your hands. Wash your hands. People of the internet, it's EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Baird for long. And if you're listening to this when it is released, then it is Sunday, October the 4th, 2020. The first Sunday in October, which also happens to be the second to the last month of the, yeah, I guess we can say that. We're in month 10. Month 11 will be the first month to the last month of 2020. It's almost over this year is. It's kind of crazy to think about that. But you know what? Let's not think about that today. Let's focus on what is in front of us right now. Especially if you listen to this when it's released. You might already be in 2021 listening to this. And then, well, how is it? I'm glad you're enjoying yourself, or I hope you are at least. Anyway, the present time is where I must focus myself. And so we're getting ready to meditate. But you know, you're getting yourself ready. Today we're going to do something very different. I'm going to get on the bike. I'm also going to do some yoga. Some yoga. Thank you. You heard that blunder. I appreciate it. And we're going to do exercises while we are also doing our worship today. We'll talk about that down the road. But if you are like me and you're like, oh, I I bought that. Let 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 me do something. Maybe go for a walk. I got a bike over here. Let me get on that. You know, let me do something. You might need some time to get yourself ready. So no, you don't have to pause. We just take a few moments of what I call consciousness, right? And then after that, we'll be ready to be about it. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. Friends, I think we're ready. I thank you for listening to those moments of those points of action, if you will. Also, on behalf of the platform by which you're listening, I also appreciate you for doing so. Thank you for uh, making sure that you have done whatever it requires, liking, following, subscribing, that sort of thing. So make sure you get these. You can be with me. I can be with you each and every time we're able to do this. All right. Let's be about it. Let's be about it. Oh, all right. Well, that being said, let's go ahead and get into our conversation this morning, our service time. Because as you uh, all know, uh, the leader is down. The virus has, uh, has caught up with him. And I'm not going to uh, present a case to force you or anybody for that matter. I've been saying that all week, but I'm not going to force anybody to be hypocrite. Because we all know how we feel about it, how many of us or many people feel about it. Uh, and I say that not excluding myself from the conversation because I have changed my mind. Truthfully, I don't feel any type of way negative or positive towards the man. As a matter of fact, if you want to talk about it, there's a lot of people to get on my nerves and he's not at the top of the list. But at the same time, 
I recognize that it is not an opportunity, again, for us to flip. Some of you, some folks are not going to flip and just pray for him and love on him. Some of you, not you, some folks think that he, this is what he got, this is what he deserves, and what have you. But I still ask you to pray, not because of the man, but because of the position the man holds. It's very dangerous when the chief executive is down. It's very dangerous to the national security of this country when the chief executive is down. And so his being down affects all of us in more ways than we know. And the longer he is inactive, the more vulnerable we are as a society. Our financial system is vulnerable as long as he's down. People may lose jobs as long as he's down. And so I began not praying for him, per se. Not telling you to consider or be sympathetic towards him, but your brothers and sisters who sit under the load that he carries. And then I watched as he was boarding Air Marine One on whatever day it was. And all of the military personnel that has to protect him, they can't leave him. So now they are putting themselves in harm's way. The police, they can't leave it. So all of them are in harm. There's more people that are affected than just him. And so I ask for you to consider those persons in your prayers on this morning. And as we consider that in our prayers, I ask that you also consider the fact that we do, and I say this very, very passionately, it may not seem as though, but we do live in a great society. And I have some buddies that I chat with because of the internet all over the world and you hear about how their societies are made up and and ours is crazy it's very crazy it's full of racists and biases and all sorts of other things but if we ever understood and ever really became confident and who we are and what the creator of this great universe has made us to be in this great nation you allow more opportunities to fight for yourself than you are in any other nation on this planet you're allowed to vote the leaders out of office that you don't like some nations they're still fighting for that right only thing they can do here is try to intimidate you. Try to fix the system so that you get messed up in the process. 
But if we're vigilant and we stand alert, the process works. Remember, we had a black man as president. It works. But it just takes us being focused and being dedicated and not giving up to what we have been called to do. So I'm watching that even in this city as more young blacks and immigrants are starting to rise up and make themselves known in various places. They're starting to pop up and head downtown, not just in Norfolk, but in Portsmouth and Chesapeake. I'm watching them pop up. Young people who you wouldn't have thought about five or ten years ago, but they're, but they're, they're popping up now. And that lets me know that we are in a great opportunity. Now, what does that look like in the end? Nobody knows. That's why we come here in the morning to pray. So this morning, as we begin to, to go into our time of community, as I mentioned all these things, you say, well, that makes sense. Somewhat. But how do you get there? Well, they said it over in the book of Chronicles, 7th chapter, the 14th verse. If my people who are called by my name, constitutions change when you humble yourself, laws change when you humble yourself, racism goes away when we all not just talking about black folks, but when we all humble ourselves, pray, seek our face, the face of the Lord, and turn from our wicked ways. I believe, and I may be, I know I'm not the only one that believes that the Bible overrides any government and constitution on planet Earth. So even if the constitution wasn't written for you, the Bible was, I'm not the only one by myself on that. So since since I know the Bible was written for me, then I'll look to that over the Constitution. So this morning, all the things that I have put it before you, as we begin, I ask you to just keep that quietly in your prayer. Just for a few seconds, just whisper prayer. And to those who believe that the Lord heard their prayer, we give a nice, good, happy amen. Amen. Amen, Lord. In 1902, there was a lady by the name of Miss Adeline uh, Pollard 
who was hoping to go to Africa as a missionary, but found herself unable to raise the needed funds to make the journey. Greatly discouraged, she attended a prayer service one evening. And as she sat there, she was overwhelmed, or excuse me, overheard an elderly woman say, it really doesn't matter what you do with us. Elderly woman inspired Pollard. She contemplated the story of the potter, Jeremiah 18 and 3. Upon her return home that evening, she wrote all four stanzas before retiring for the night. All four stanzas of the song, which I believe is the perfect lyrical meditation for this morning, and I will sit quietly while Sister Clarice reads it to us. Our lyrical meditation today is Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Have Thine Own Way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after Thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Search me and try me, Savior, today. Wash me just now, Lord, wash me just now, as in thy presence, humbly I bow. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Wounded and weary, help me, I pray. Power, all power, surely is thine touch me and heal me savior divine have thine own way lord have thine own way hold o'er my being absolute sway fill with thy spirit till all shall see christ only always living in me and that's have thine own way an appropriate word for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. As we continue in our time of meditation, I've come to say this often around here, at least in my head I have, of this biblical revelation that the earth and sky will all wear out, fade away. But one word, the word of our Father, the word of our risen Savior, will never lose its power. It will never fail. According to one translation, heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God shall stand forever. So this morning, as Brother Dennis gives us our spiritual meditation I ask that it become the word that we focus on at this point and we take it in and they say hide it in our heart Brother Dennis Amen 
as I was thinking this uh, past week what to uh, what I should talk about and what I should express, you know, God always has a way of uh, putting things in, in, in front of your face, and uh, He did that this week with uh, the verses I'm going to read here in a minute. But and as I was looking at them, I was thinking, this is not right. Why 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 do I need to talk about this? But I think I do because. First of all, uh, everything that goes on in the world today has gone on in the world before. Uh, everything that we feel as people has been felt before. And the Bible expresses that to us and, and tells us uh, uh, you know, how people felt, how people worried. And, and we worry today. It's in our human nature that we worry. Sometimes uh, Satan makes us worry more than we should. Uh, sometimes it makes us worry away from God. And we have to remember we can't do that. Uh, when we have problems in our lives, we need to uh, remember who put us here and why we're here and, and give the praise to God. And as I read these uh, four verses today, think about what they say and think about how maybe in our own lives we've faced this and we've asked these questions of God, but again, it's not new. It's not new. And uh, I am going to read Psalm 10, 1 through 4. And as I read it, think about what the psalmist is saying. And think about if, uh, and I know in my own life, I've asked these questions of God myself. And uh, of course, he has. Uh, answers for us and, and we all know what those answers are but let's read the psalm canon 1 through 4 why do you stand afar O Lord why do you hide in times of trouble the wicked in his pride persecutes the poor let there be let their uh, let they be caught I'm sorry let them be caught in in their plot which they have deceived devised rather for the wicked boast of his heart's desire and he blesses the greed and renounces the Lord the wicked in his proud conscience does not seek God God is in none of his thoughts okay so those four verses are if you look at them it, uh, I think we've all been through that sometimes we wonder why people that don't know God are doing so well sometimes we question God about that but uh, we know that uh, the final outcome is God's outcome, and we have to remember that. And we have to remember, no matter how we feel, how how persecuted, or how downtrodden, or, or how uh, sometimes we just feel forgotten. You know, why have we been forgotten? Why has God forgotten us? Why has my neighbors? Why has my family? Why has my friends? Why have they? turned their back on me uh, 
Maybe our neighbors have, maybe our friends and family have. But I don't think God has ever turned his back on us. Jesus asked God the same question. Why have you forsaken me? Right? So we know that that's that's definitely appealing in in this world. That we can can question God about why he has uh, forgot about us. But the bottom line is, he doesn't forget about us. He's always there, and he'll always be there. And he'll be there to lift us up. He'll be there to give us the direction to go in. Uh, we just have to follow that direction. We can't make up our own mind. We can't make up our own decisions without first checking with God. Uh, and that's something we have to remember to do. God is always there and always will protect us. And sometimes we don't see that in the immediate uh, future or while we're going through things but if we sit down and talk to God and and really talk to him and open up and be be transparent to who God is and who to we are to God then uh, God will be there for us and God will take us through it as we know in the you know in the Old Testament God has helped people over and over again in the New Testament he's done the same thing through Jesus and he's given us that promise of eternal life and salvation through his son and if we take that and hold on to that no matter what we're going through physically or mentally or even spiritually we know that God will get us through it and we'll come out on top and uh, we have to thank the Lord and praise him for that on a daily basis so as as we pick up the book, the Bible, and spend time in it and read what it says, God talks to us uh, in so many different ways, and he shows us that, yeah, we're going to have a hard time. Yeah, we're going to get sick, we're going to, we're going to trip, we're going to fall, we're going to stumble, and we're going to sin, but I will be there. I will be there for you, and I will lift you up and, 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 and give you the strength you need to, to face tomorrow. And and as we do face tomorrow, we should give God the praise that we were able to do that and give God the praise that we have come through, whatever it might be, financial, spiritual, uh, mental, physical. You know, God God brought us through it. God brought us through it for a reason. We have a reason. We have a purpose. And that purpose is to be... uh, spiritual lights in this dark world for God and for Jesus and to proclaim his son not just for ourselves but for our community amen and amen 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 it's a great moment to search within ourselves You may find yourself at present disconnected from the Creator, or maybe you've just drifted away from His care. Right now, I invite you to consider joining the family of faith or retaking your place at the King's table, and we do that through the prayer of salvation. Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I am a sinner, but you died for me. Jesus Christ, I believe you to be the Son of God, resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Take control of my life from this day forward. 
thank you for Jesus for saving me. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord in the fullness thereof. And we come this morning, Lord Jesus, to say thank you. We thank thank you, you, Mr. Father, for this beautiful day that you have let us see. And God, we just thank you because you love us so much. God, help us to realize how much you love us. Because God, without you, we can do nothing. And as we come this morning, we ask you to look on Miss Bell, you know, of the situation. But God, we're praying for her. We're praying for Pastor Booth, God. We lift Pastor Booth up as he lay his mother to rest. God, give him the strength and the encouragement to realize that you are all-powerful, that you know what's best. And we just thank you this morning. We pray for every listening ear this morning, God. We pray, God, that we will turn our hearts to you, that we will always lift our eyes to you from which cometh our health and strength, that we will know that you sees all things, you hears all things, you understands all things, and you knows all things. And God, you gonna work all things for our good. And we tell you, thank you this morning. We pray for our nation this morning. We pray for our president, God. We asking you to look down upon him. You knows all about the situation. We praying for all those, oh God, that's fighting this virus, God. Those that think it's, it's not real. Well, God, let them know that this is a serious time. And let them know, oh God, that they need to look up to you, knowing that you are in control of this situation. You know all about it. And God, we just putting our trust in you. We just saying thank you this morning. Because God, without you, we can do nothing. And we just praise you this morning. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, help us, oh God, to be them shining lights in this dark world. Help us, oh God, to trust in you, that we might that we are examples for others. Others is following us, God, and help us, oh God, to live a life that they will come to know you in the pardon of their sins. Look on our children. Look on that man, that boy, that boy, that girl. Is that the crossroad of life, God? They don't know which way to go. They don't know what prayer is all about. They don't know, God, what to do. But we're praying for them right now, God, that they will look to you, that they will hear your little quiet voice as you speak to them. Just look up to me. I have all power in my hand. Help them, oh God, to know that you are in control of this universe. Nothing goes by you. Your eyes go to and fro. Beholding the good as well as the evil. Your eyes go to and fro, helping us to lead us and to guide us in the in the way of truth. Oh, merciful Father, be ever with us, God. We pray for our children this morning. We pray for our grandchildren, our neighbors, our friends, God. Oh, God, help us, oh, God. We praying for them, God. Not only just say we pray, but God, help us to call on you for them, oh, God. We may not can get out to walk in the neighborhood, but God, we can stand in our doors, stand in our windows and point to their homes and say, God bless my neighbor. 
Bless them, oh God. I don't know what's going on, but I know you know, God. And we ask you for mercy for them. Help us, oh God, to always remember that we got a great opportunity to call upon your holy and righteous name and to help others as we travel along this way. God, this is a rough road, but you told us, oh God, that you would be on the road with us. You told us, God, in our weakness that you will be that you will make us strong. And we just said thank you, God. We thank you, God, because you just who you are, God, and we can depend on you. We are yes. never alone because you are always with us. And we just say thank you. We just praise you this morning. God, we praise oh. you. We praise you, God. Oh. Because, yes. God, you, we know that you are the answer. You are the answer yes. to every man's quest. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, God, look on our loved ones, our friends, our pastors. Look on them. Oh, God, look on the leaders today, God. Oh, God, have mercy upon them. We just say thank you this morning. We praise you and we love you. Give your name, Lord, you. honor, praises, and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. 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 James chapter 4, verse 8 through 10. You know, I'm reading one of them funny translations. It says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Cry out in sorrow. Mourn and weep. Let your laughter become mourning and your joy become sadness. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. From there today, if you'll allow me a few moments, I want to think on the thought, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Now, our Lord and our Savior, but most importantly, our Father and friend, I ask that you will allow me to present your case today, that all your spiritual jurors, both listening now and forever, will without shadow or doubt see clearly what you are saying to us. In Jesus' name I ask, and those united in that prayer declares, amen. 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 Engel versus Vitaly hmm? was a 1962 landmark United States Supreme Court case in which it was ruled unconstitutional for state officials to compose an official school prayer. And most importantly, to encourage reciting it in school. The genesis of this legal confrontation was some 780 miles north of here. The state of New York then governed by Nelson Rockefeller. 
approved a piece of legislation which encouraged students to take part starting their day with the Pledge of Allegiance and a prayer that read like thus. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence upon thee and we beg thy blessing upon us, our parents, our teacher, and our country. Amen. The case was brought by a group of families of public school students in New Hyde Park from the Herricks Union Free School District, who sued the school board president, then William J. Vitale, Jr. The families argued that the voluntary prayer written by the State Board of Regents to Almighty God contradicted their religious beliefs. Led by Stephen I. Engel, a Jewish man, the plaintiffs sought to challenge constitutionally of the state prayer in school policy. They were supported by groups opposed to school prayer, including rabbinical organization, ethical culture, and Jewish organizations. I mean, you know, the church can kill itself. Hmm. The acting parties were not members of one particular religious persuasion or all atheists. Their religious identities were legally identified in court paperwork as two Jews, an atheist, a Unitarian church member, and a member of the New York Society for Ethical Culture. Again, I say the church has killed itself. However, despite being listed in court papers as an atheist, plaintiff Lawrence Roth was raised Jewish, later denied that he was atheist, and described himself as religious and a participant of prayer. When religious affiliation was discussed during preparation for the case, Roth claimed he was a very religious person, but not a churchgoer and that he prays, but was unsure of what prayer could accomplish. Somebody just say, mm. Mm. <laughs> This resulted in the group's lawyer telling him, you're an atheist. Roth later stated, apparently you have to have an atheist in the crowd so we start from there. The plaintiff argued that opening the school day with such a prayer violates the establishment cause of the First Amendment to the United States Constitution as applied to the states through the 14th Amendment, which states in part, Congress shall make no law representing an established religion. Again, the church killed itself. 
The government of 22 states submitted in Amakas Pure, a.k.a. friend of court. This is someone who is not a party to the court, rather who assists a court by offering information, expertise, or insight that has bearing issues in the case presented. Decision on whether to consider these friends. Brief lies within the discretion of the court. Brief, the Supreme Court arguing affirmance of the New York Court of Appeals decision that upheld the constitutional in-school prayer. The American Jewish Committee, the Synagogue Council of America, and the American Ethical Union each submitted briefs arguing the court to instead reverse and rule that prayer was unconstitutional. I want you to know again, the church killed itself. And in a six to one decision, the Supreme Court held that reciting government written prayer in public school was unconstitutional, violating the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. Many have for years been trained, I have, to believe some demon, some atheist demon, took prayer out of school. And also, that without the prayers of the Lord being injected into our schoolhouses, our society, if I can speak like an old front porch drunk, has gone to hell in a hen basket. But I invite you to revoke, refocus, excuse me, thank you for that moment of blunder, on the words of Brother Lawrence Ross, who stated, and I quote again, I'm a very religious person, but not a churchgoer. Well, that's the first problem I want to address today, if I can be allowed to. It's obvious because of his lack of church attendance that he missed various conversations. Dare I say if those conversations are even had in those particular uh, reformations or religious mindsets. One of those conversations, if he was there and they had it, he would have heard it without question. Fret not to assemble thyself together in brotherly love and Christian unity. As I like to read from my other translations, don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some have gotten into the habit of doing. It goes back to what Brother Dennis said earlier. We've been fighting this war since the beginning of time. Instead, encourage each other. That's what we come to church for. To encourage each other. 
if you think about it, you wake up and you have been by yourself now six days, something, yeah, I tell you, get a glow on your face come Sunday morning because you get to go into whether it's calling in, listening to it later. Some folks do that. But they get to connect in some way with like-minded believers. And that, anybody get encouraged by coming here on Sunday morning? Praise the Lord. Only one person gets encouraged by coming here on Sunday morning. Amen. Let's go. Wake up. So that part, I believe, but then again I understand I really do I understand why brother Roth didn't go to church because if you think about it especially in the time period by which this our conversation resides the mid 60s some other noticeable figures in this prayer debate was then Alabama Governor George Wallace, who in the state of Alabama had a case go before the Supreme Court by a gentleman named Ismael Jeffries, whose three little children as a result of not participating in the prayers, were exposed, were ostracized, was teased, was joked, was bullied, was thrown out. So on one side, we kill it because that's just not what we do. And on the other side, if you don't do it, then you're not one of us. Again, I say the church killed itself. And the other reason why some folks don't want to go to church is because why would I get up and go every Sunday when it's nothing more than an Ali Frazier match every time I walk in the door? And not just any old Ali Frazier match. It was the third one, the hardest one. The thriller in Manila. And it has no problem with it being thriller in Manila if I'm just sitting there watching it, but nine times out of ten, I'm the one in it. So I choose to stay home. But then you ask yourself a question. At least I do. My brother did not attend church, but maybe, just maybe, he forgot a lot of few things. I know I'm going back and forth here. I'm trying to figure this out. Because, you know, the Ten Commandments are in there. It does say, honor the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind. If you don't keep these commandments, and you are not of God. That's in there. But what else? That other piece was missing. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, all thy strength. And the second is as great as the first. That you love 
your neighbor as you love yourself. Why did that piece was missing down now at the church? That's the reason why Brother Ross just did not want to attend. But then something else comes into my mind. Brother John comes in there and throws a little monkey wrench in there, if you will. He said, I'm too tired now. I've been fighting a long time, John says. He said, I don't feel like being politically correct. I'm just going to spit it out to you if you just take it cold and hard. Anyone can say I love God, yet have hatred towards another believer. That makes you a phony. Because if you don't love a brother and sister who you can see, how can you love God that you can't see? I believe that's the question of the day. I believe that what was on the mind of Brother Ismail Jeffries down there in Alabama. Governor Wallace, how can you love a God? And fight for his recognition and his honor in the schoolhouse. While at the same time declaring yourself to be supreme in the street house. How can you push God and religion on one side of your mouth and on the other side you push hoses? You push supremacy. You push intimidation. I think we see that conversation going on in our present situation. I just believe we do. There's some folks who will turn a blind eye to the carnage, to the destruction, to the to the pain, to the suffering, as long as the church is recognized. I'm a firm believer, I really am, that if this mindset is ever corrected, if it's ever fixed, our churches would spill over. You say, how do I know that? Well, I read it. Over the book of Acts. I would invite you to check it out sometime when you're free. Maybe get on one of them exercise bikes and have it read to you. They got a couple translations to do that. It'll take you about 45 minutes to get through it. That's a good workout. Reward yourself with a piece of cheesecake afterwards. Go ahead and think about it. But when you think about it and you read it, you'll see it. I promise you, I ain't got time to deal with it today. But you'll read it and you'll see it. But I want to deal with Brother Rolf right now. Because he's got a second problem he do. Because I'm halfway home. Brother Rolf said, I'm unsure of what prayer can accomplish. So he was a part of this clause because he didn't even believe it worked. I believe I heard 
my grandmama. That's a double negative. I don't know why I keep saying it like that, but it sounds good to me, so I keep on going. I believe I heard her say some folks don't know about prayer. You think I told her about this, but I don't tell nobody what I'm talking about. But Mother, Brother Rose said, I don't even know. Is it truly as effective? That reality is not just isolated to Brother Rolf. No, no, that reality has filled our pews for centuries. Those who spectate, who socialize. I'm being careful because I don't necessarily want to step on toes. But then again, you get up and come here. I know folks who won't come here because they can't see nobody. They can't look at the fruit basket on your head and the pretty dress with the nice heels. We're not able to shop so I can see what steps you do. Practice your dance rhythm and get with the beat. There are some people, you know, who won't come here, who won't go to any of these social or COVID experiments for church, if you will, because I can't socialize. I cannot be seen. But church is not to be seen. It's to encourage each other and it's to connect with each other with the Creator. When I was growing up, they say in testimony, sirs, I didn't come here to see you. Well, that's not the point. You're supposed to come here to see me. Fret not to assemble ourselves together. You're supposed to be happy. Wasn't it David that said, I was glad when they said unto me, come let us go? We're supposed to be happy when we get to fellowship and connect with like-minded believers. But for some reason, they got lost somewhere. And it fed into Brother Ross' problem. But let me get to my point because... It is pushing 8 o'clock. Wash your hands. According to the CDC, you know all that stuff, how you get sick. But just in case there may be someone who does not know, please allow me this opportunity to seemingly insult your intelligence. People frequently touch their eyes, their nose, and their mouth without even realizing. I just did it two seconds ago as I told myself not to. Germs can get into the body through your eyes. Some have gone blind just by touching themselves in the eyes. The nose. Many people have contracted nasal infections just by putting their finger up their nose. In the mouth. Some have gotten oral and dental problems just from putting their fingers in their mouth. Germs from unwashed hands can get to the foods and drinks while people prepare them. That's why some folks don't go to restaurants. They 
I don't know what that man been doing back there in that kitchen. And then we consume it. But the crazy thing of all is that these germs can multiply in some types of foods or drinks under certain conditions and also make people sick. Germs from unwashed hands can be transferred to other objects like handrails, tabletops, toys, and then transferred to another person's hand. As we prepare to go into flu season, this virus pick up, I think some folks need to know that. So please allow me to explain it. Removing germs through hand washing, therefore help prevent respiratory infections and may even help prevent skin, prevent, pardon me for that moment of blunder, skin and eye infections. And number three, and finally, if I can say this nice and sweetly, it would help make sure that your permanent address, some of you live in houses, but we don't want to have to divide your houses into subsections, i.e. your bathroom being an apartment because of unwashed hands. I'll just leave it at that. If you can't figure it out, meet me in the virtual parking lot. We'll, we'll use some Sunday school terms to explain it. <laughs> but that makes sense to me. Unwashed hands, as it says. It makes sense to me not only from a physical perspective, but from a spiritual perspective as well. It was Brother David who felt the need to say, only the one with clean hands. And a pure heart. Only the one with clean hands and a pure heart. Well, how do you get clean hands? Well, ask Brother Pilate. He'll tell you. You remember when they brought Jesus before him? And he was trying to find a way to release him. But the people... The church folks, I would like for you to know that church folks killed Jesus. We have to recognize that if we're going to win this next generation. It was not sinners. It was church folks. And Pilate sitting up there, the biggest sinner of all time, looking down at church folks, asking why are you killing a man that's done nothing wrong. And he said, since y'all going to do what y'all going to do, I wash my hands of it. I'm clean. I'm innocent of this man's death. We found ourselves, my friends, as I come on in for a landing. At the moment where being cleansed is not just about sanitary but being cleansed is how we survive. But the more importantly than being clean physically, as I just said, it's being clean spiritually, making sure the enemy cannot infect our minds, our hearts, and our spirits. 
I've come to the conclusion anger is unwashed hands which slowly and destructively infects the body spiritually. Hurt is unwashed hands which slowly and destructively infects the heart and the body. Self-doubt is unwashed hands which slowly and destructively and most importantly brother Roth can tell you this I'm sure now he can unbelief is unwashed hands that slowly and effectively destroys you say well bring me the biblical perspective for that I will you know I'm ready for you because if you think about Brother Jesus, he went in the night before he was to be portrayed, on the same night to be honest. And he was watching, he took the basin, tied a towel around his waist and began to wash the disciples' feet. But then he got to Brother Peter. Brother Peter looked at Jesus and said, what are you doing? You shall never wash my feet. Jesus said, unless I wash and cleanse you, Brother Peter, you have no part to me. And then Peter said, well, Lord, no, not just my feet, but my hands. Wash my hands. So I've come to the conclusion today as I close now, I'm done. It makes me understand why our brother down in the Church of God in Christ, the late Reverend Timothy Wright, I understand now why he said it. We sing that song all the time, but I understand why he said, watch me. Oh, Ver again, wash me over, over again, in your precious, in your precious blood, wash me over, wash me over again. If you're one of those persons, not quit. That with desire, you've already been saved. Sister Chavis already did that two seconds ago. But maybe you realize now that I might have just need to be a little washed. The scripture says there's one baptism, but there's many washings. A baby gets washed the first time, but you don't just stop washing. You got to go back and get washed over again. It don't mean you're not saved. It don't mean you walk away from the Lord. Morning by morning, new mercy. I see. So if you find yourself this morning needing to be washed over again, 
I'm going to give you a few seconds to pray for yourself because I don't know you. I don't know what's in your heart. Even if I do know you, I don't know you. But I'm going to give you a few seconds to wash the old virgin. Wash the old virgin in your prince, your precious blood. Wash me. Wash me old bird again. Wash me old bird again. Wash me old bird again. In your precious, your precious blood. Wash me. Watch me over, over again. The devil then told me it's time to stop one more time. Watch me over. Watch me over. Burn again. Watch me over. Burn again. In your precious, your precious blood. Wash me, oh, burn again. And now, our Father, we ask, as we are prepared to leave this morning, to disconnect from this community of believers, we ask that we leave more confidence. We ask that we leave with more assurance. We ask that we leave with a stronger understanding of our mission statement here on this. Let us gather together with the spirit of love and unity, realizing that we are here to encourage each other. Yes. To enrich each other, to inspire each other, to support each other. Yeah. Father, we ask that you bless all those who are part of this community. Those who may prepare to go to other places and worship. Pastor Booth, who is in his moment of grief. But Father, you're blessing him. He's on his way to North Carolina to preach a word this morning while his soul is heavy. He prayed this morning very, very passionately, but his soul is heavy. And I believe, Father, he was able to do it because he has confidence. And most importantly, he can connect with the saints that are able to encourage his heart. May that encouragement, Father, never be extinguished. May we never call into this line looking for a three-way draw to a finish. One ball to a knockout. May that never be the mindset on this line. 
But may we always be helpers, builders, and strippers. May we be the water boy in the corner when Ali comes in after he's been knocked down. We go to work, Ali Frazier. We go to school, Ali Frazier. We go home, some of us, Ali Frazier. When we come to the church, let us be over there with a towel to wipe the exhaustion from our brows. Mm-hmm. We thank you, Father. Mm-hmm. And we encourage the name that is great, not just because it is a legal system, but because it's a personal conviction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We praise thee this morning. Until we can gather together again. In your precious, your precious blood. Washes over. Washes over again. Amen and God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. You're free to go. Okay. God bless everyone. Amen. God bless. Amen.